0: There will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with the man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. is to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We have Mother Mary today as the central figure of our gospel. The Archangel Gabriel coming to her to announce to her that she is going to be the mother of God, should she accept God's invitation. Notice that even Mary had to give her consent. It was not something that God was presuming. He was going to respect even Mary's freedom. I mean, he knew that she was going to say yes, but still. He asked and gave Mary that opportunity to say yes, to exercise her freedom, to open herself to the grace of God, to the King of glory, which we heard so beautifully sung. By our choir and our new organ in the psalm today. Let him enter, the King of Glory. That's what we're getting ready to celebrate here in just a few days. The entrance of God into humanity. But it's not just any kind of entrance, God is sending a message. And with today's gospel, He's trying to help us understand more deeply what this great mystery of Christmas is all about. Normally, I don't bring any notes up here, but I read something this morning that I really wanted to share because it's from Pope St. John Paul II, so we can't really go wrong with that, right? He wrote, well, first of all, St. Augustine said, the ultimate nuptial union is between the word and the flesh, and the bridal chamber of the union is the virgin's womb. That's a pretty deep thought, right? And then St. John Paul II goes on, God's nuptial love announced by the prophets is concentrated on Mary perfectly and definitively. She is also the virgin bride to whom it is granted conceiving and bearing the Son of God. The particular fruit of the nuptial love of God toward humanity represented and almost comprehended in Mary. So, it's like God is wanting to marry humanity. He is wanting this intimate union with humanity. Not just with Mary, but with all of us but with each and every one of us. It's why the Father and the Son have sent the Spirit into our hearts. Because they wanted that union with all of us. Yes, Mary was privileged, there's no doubt about that, to be the mother of God, even in the flesh. But she, for us, is a model. She is like the goal, if you will, the ultimate goal, The ultimate sign that all of us will get to participate in, in heaven. Because then we will be perfectly united with no more sin in the way with God. Definitively, forever. But that starts here and now. God wants us to know that that is something he wants to start here and now. Here's a provocative statement coming. Warning. God is in love with you. God is in love with you. What happens when somebody is in love with somebody else? They're thinking about that person all the time. Well, God can't stop thinking about you. If he did, you would cease to exist. How's that? He's paying attention to you all the time. He wants to give you good gifts. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to be with you. Doesn't that sound like somebody who's in love with you? Hmm. You probably never thought of it that way. But it's true. And today's gospel, the whole liturgy is trying to communicate that to us. And again, Mary goes before us as one that we can follow, that we can imitate. Because what a presumptuous thought, right? I mean, the Jews would not have dreamed of having such a relationship with God. He was seen as a little more distant. He would intervene in history on their behalf. He would help them win battles and he would help them have their, their safety, their security in their land, He would provide for them, but that he would want to be so close, like a father, like a friend, like a spouse that God would want to be so close and personal. That wasn't of. But now God is doing something new. With Mary. The father is taking initiative here. He's sending his son to become one of us. And he's doing that for you. He's doing that for me. He's not doing that for himself. What does God get out of this? You know, look at the cross. What did Jesus get out of that? Except that he was showing his love. For you and for me. Again, he was saying, I'm so much in love with you that I couldn't imagine living without you. And that's why I'm going to die for you. Mary is open to this. She believes in it. From here, she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth says to her, blessed are you who believed that what was promised to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. That's all we have to do, brothers and sisters, is believe that God wants this kind of relationship. And it will happen. But like any relationship, it takes work, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes attention. But God wants it. But again, he's not going to force you to have that kind of relationship with him. But if we can just follow in the footsteps of the men and women who have gone before us, who have had this intimate friendship with God, we can have it for ourselves. All we have to do is be open to it. Open your mind, open your heart to the truth. And God will enter in and he will set you free from all your fears and your sins, your complexes, your obsessions, your compulsions, your worries. He will set you free. I saw a great testimony this week of a Jewish man now deeply in love with the Blessed Virgin Mary and Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church. But he was raised Jewish. Then he went to MIT, smart guy, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. And then from there, he went to Harvard Business School, smart guy, probably too smart for his own good. In fact, he was too smart for his own good, and God knew that. And then one day, Jesus decided to visit him, much like he visited St. Paul, you might say. This guy, he said the veil between heaven and earth was lifted for him. He was walking, I think, along the beach. The veil was lifted, and Jesus appeared to him. But Jesus didn't tell him exactly who he was just yet, because this man didn't want to be a Christian at all. He was already struggling. He says, gosh, I was 29 years old. I'm already teaching, in fact, now at Harvard Business School. I did so well, and I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I'm supposed to be happy. I've been so successful. I'm so smart. I'm supposed to be happy, in his own mind, according to the world. But he wasn't. He wasn't happy. He wasn't content. He was searching, he was open, although he wasn't open to being, being a Christian, and God knew that. And one year, God did not reveal his name to him for a whole year. He wanted to know, but God wouldn't tell him. And then Mary appeared to him, a year to the day after Jesus appeared to him. Mary appeared to him, and he said she was the most beautiful person creature woman i've ever seen and her voice more than her appearance her voice her loving voice pierced my heart i knew exactly who she was and i knew then that everything in the catholic church was true it was the last thing i wanted to be was a christian Let alone a Catholic. But in that instant, I knew it was all true and that God was deeply in love with me. Isn't that amazing? You can watch it on YouTube. Just search for Harvard professor turns Catholic, you know? And the way he speaks about Mary and Jesus, very beautiful, very inspiring. So God wants that for all of you. And as we get ready now to celebrate Christmas here in just a few days, let's pray for one another. Let's pray that we can all be open to receiving the gift that God gives us, the gift of himself. And let's pray that we can treasure that gift more and more and grow day by day in friendship. With Jesus Christ, our King. Amen.